welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. On my walk over here to record this podcast, I had my Big Beats headphones on and I was listening to pure gangster rap music because I'm not playing today. I'm not playing on today's podcast. (laughs) I'm ready to expose the truth on food sensitivity tests. I've been gearing up for this for a good two weeks. Oh, yeah. I love when you talk about this. I've heard you talk about it before and it like lights a fire in me. Like you could lead a a brigade against food sensitivity tests. But before we're doing that, we're mentioning our giveaway contest. Do you want free coffee or not? (laughs) 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 Because if you do... You're in the right place. (laughs) If you do, here's what you need to do. You need to screenshot or share your favorite, most valuable episodes of the Nutritional Awareness Podcast. And this can be one of them or all of them. Doesn't matter. Probably all of them. I hope you find a lot of them interesting. And you want to share them on social media and tag us. And we're going to enter you in a giveaway to win free coffee or if you don't like coffee or tea, a gift card to something. We're about to just Venmo you five bucks <laughs> so you can buy your favorite drink. Go get some kombucha. Some kombucha, no soda. I mean, I guess if you want to get soda. Olipop. There you go. Olipop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have to tag us so we won't see it. So if you're sharing it on Instagram, we're at nutrition.awareness and you can just screenshot the screen on your phone right now and post it to your stories. I think Spotify or Apple both have the share option where you can just directly share it to your stories, but you have to tag us. And then I figured if you're on LinkedIn, a lot of people share things on LinkedIn. And if you want to show off to all of your colleagues that you are nutrition savvy, Mm -hmm. share it on LinkedIn. We're on there too. You can tag us. And for a bonus five entries, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Just make sure that you send that to us on Instagram or email or something so we can see it because the names on the reviews you leave on Apple might not match your actual name and we won't be able to find you. So we're going to do this drawing the first of every month. You can enter as many times as you want, five bonus entries for a review, and then as many entries as you share and tag us on on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. We'll see it and we'll enter you in the drawing. Cool. All right, let's talk about the bullshit that is food intolerance testing. Mm-hmm. So we get these asked are, this a lot. These are those tests that you see in all the commercials, on your Instagram ads. Everly Well is one of the top names, I would say, that comes up in all of my Hulu ads these days. And everybody on there talks about how they took this test and it changed their lives mm-hmm. and they finally realized what foods they can't eat or what they need to stay away from. So if you paid $190 to get this done, hate to tell you, you got duped. It was a lesson learned. You paid for a lesson learned. The best analogy I've heard about these food sensitivity tests are like it's going to see a fortune teller or a psychic 
And they're just gonna, you're gonna identify some really vague symptoms. Like you go to this fortune teller and you're like, I have acne or I have brain fog or I'm having bloating, whatever that means. It's just a vague symptom that could be caused by so many different things. Any human can experience those symptoms and they're just like, well, here, take our food sensitivity test. And then this food sensitivity test is gonna give you some kind of bogus measurement. I don't even think it really measures anything. I think it just kind of gives you like a list of foods that don't have any kind of reliable, normal range or measurement, but I'll it give says you that. high sensitivity, like moderate or low sensitivity. I think there's maybe like four different um, parameters that it gives you. So like on a scale of one to four or something like that. Yeah, but where's one to four coming from? Like what is it? They're there's making the, it up. They're making it up, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're highly sensitive to nothing. And, and there's several different ways that these food sensitivity tests will measure something and give you feedback, but they're not solving the actual problem you may be experiencing. Let's take a step back. Let's tell people first what the difference between an allergy and an intolerance is. So we are not shitting on allergies. Mm -hmm. People have allergies. The way that you know if you have an allergy is if every single time you are exposed to that food, you have a reaction. Usually with allergies, your reactions are going to be rashes, you're going to throw up or be nauseous, you may have trouble breathing. Rarely is it a life-threatening reaction, like extremely rare situations, but you will have a reaction every single time you eat that food and it's not like, oh, a day later I was constipated or a day later I had a migraine. That is not a food allergy. Do not go to a restaurant and tell people you have an allergy to strawberries. <laughs> it's not a thing, first of all. There, I don't know anyone who's ever been allergic to strawberries. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there who's going to say that. But then I would challenge you to eat a strawberry and tell me what reaction that you have every single time you eat mm -hmm. a strawberry. An allergy is something that is serious. Every time you eat it, you'll have a reaction. An intolerance, on the other hand, is never life-threatening, first of all, and can range from having an upset stomach to diarrhea to brain fog to mm -hmm. maybe you're just making it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> probably that. You're just blatant. And when I say making it up, I mean you are searching for a reason that these symptoms keep happening to you and choosing to blame it on food because you eat every few hours and so that correlation is oh well i ate something and then i got a migraine so it must be something that mm -hmm. i'm eating mm -hmm. and then these intolerance tests play into that by testing 150 different foods and telling you oh you're sensitive to 90 of them mm -hmm. so of course you got a migraine after you had this salad with 50 different foods in it <laughs> It's more of a mechanical issue when you have an intolerance versus some kind of immune issue. So let's say that you're not sure if you have a reaction to milk. Well, some people have an actual milk allergy where if they drink a glass of milk or have cheese, their throat closes up and they have trouble breathing or they break out in rashes or some people might say eczema. They have some sort of consistent reaction that causes discomfort. Now, an intolerance is just a, a food insensitivity or intolerance is just a big term that doesn't have a whole lot of 
regulation behind it, it could be a multitude of things. So maybe you have a slight milk intolerance because your body doesn't produce enough of the enzyme lactase to break down a certain amount or concentration of milk. Therefore, you might have a little bit of diarrhea or digestive concerns, but it might not happen if you have some sort of solid cheese, but it happens if you have a whole thing of ice cream. So you might have an intolerance to a certain level of milk or dairy, but it's not an allergy, and it's probably not causing you severe enough issues to where you'd want to eliminate it completely or be extremely crazy about not eating it at all. I think, and what I mean by that is, I think a lot of people will start eliminating foods because their underlying goal is to lose weight, and they think that if they can blanket up something with some kind of allergy or reaction and saying, oh, I'm having bloating or I have an intolerance to dairy, therefore I shouldn't eat any of it. Sometimes I think they're dancing around what they're really trying to accomplish. When a lot of times, we've talked about this before, people go on these diets like Whole30 mm-hmm. that cut out all dairy and then their body develops mm-hmm. an intolerance from cutting out those certain foods and then when they try to work dairy back in, mm-hmm. it doesn't go very well for their di- digestive system. So you actually can cause yourself to have an allergy or a sensitivity to food Mm -hmm. by taking it out of your diet. And this happens a lot of times with kids. Mm -hmm. So with babies, when you're introducing them to foods, if your baby gets a rash or has eczema, a lot of times the doctors will just order a panel of Mm -hmm. 150 different uh, different foods that they're testing for. And then if anything comes back, you're afraid to feed your baby those foods and then Later on in life, they actually do develop a sensitivity Mm -hmm. because they haven't been exposed to those foods. And so all of the top allergists and the people who actually know what they are doing in this field, the top physicians in this country, do not ever recommend Mm -hmm. blanket testing. Ever, 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 ever. So if your baby has shown a sensitivity to peanuts or an allergy to peanuts, they test for just peanuts. They don't also just say, hey, let's also test for milk and wheat and eggs and blah, 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 because there is a 50% false positive. It's, yeah, 50 to 90. 50%. So half the time you get a positive outcome on this test, it's wrong. Yeah. Half the time. So guess what? Just come to me. I'll guess. Yeah. Like, I'll probably be more accurate than that test is. Yeah. Yeah, especially it's the IgG test. The one that, that's one that really bothers me because it's going to measure the things that you eat a lot and show that as an intolerance. I've had clients come in here and they'll show me these IgG tests and they're like, I used to eat eggs and almonds all the time and this shows that I'm highly sensitive to these. And I'm like, ah, yeah, because it's measuring what is commonly in your system. So if you stop eating eggs or almonds for 28 days and then you go get tested again, it's probably not going to show up. Exactly. Because it hasn't been in your diet. Exactly. But what you're doing in the meantime is unnecessarily restricting yourself of really healthy foods and trying to replace that. That's my biggest beef with those tests because they pump out this list of all these foods that you're highly or moderately sensitive to, which just creates more fear around healthy foods because very rarely do those tests ever show something like Hostess cupcakes or <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. Krispy Kreme donuts are like you yeah, have an intolerance exactly. to Wendy's Spinach. fries. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it shows you so. really healthy things, and that makes people feel restrictive. And then they're restricting all of these foods from all different corners of, I guess you could say, the dietary spectrum. 
and then they're missing out on key nutrients, they're feeling anxious around food, they're experiencing unnecessary anxiety, and they're not even solving whatever the root problem was, whether it was general discomfort and digestive concerns, whether it is some kind of allergic reaction or suspected allergic reaction, whether it is bloating or weight loss. If you're just restricting a bunch of these random things because a test is showing that you're sensitive to them and you're eating these types of foods a lot, then again, you're wasting a lot of money, time, and emotional energy. I want to dive further into the IgE versus IgG. Mm-hmm. So these are, so IgE, IgG, hopefully that's easy to kind of hear the difference, but these are two different types of antibodies. So IgE is an indication of hypersensitivity or a true allergy. Mm-hmm. IgG is a secondary response usually associated with a previous exposure to an antigen. So these IgG antibodies are what these Everly Well tests are Mm -hmm. testing for. They are not testing for IgE. So basically what they're showing you is that your body has been previously exposed to this food. And even if you read the directions on the Everly Well test, they will tell you if you have not eaten a certain food in 28 days, it will show a negative result. So if you think that you are maybe sensitive to eggs, and you don't eat eggs the 28 days before that test, the test is going to say that eggs are negative. Mm -hmm. So that right there tells you that all we're testing for is things that you have eaten recently. Yeah. And so I actually just had a friend tell me that she took the Everly Well test and she saw me roll my eyes when she told me. (laughs) And she was like, but it actually really helped me. And I was like, okay, really? Like you're honestly the first person that's ever told me that like how did it help you and she was like I have always had digestive issues like I've even been to the point where I've had blood in my stool I've gone to different doctors no one's ever been able to tell me what the issue was and eggs came up as something that I was sensitive to and when I took the eggs out of my diet like I'm pooping great now and I'm I'm very regular but then she goes on to tell me that almonds were also positive for her she hasn't stopped eating almonds. Hmm. She also went on to tell me that she knows that yogurt bothers her, but yogurt came up as negative. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, so basically we're throwing darts at a wall. You decided like you took eggs out. Eggs happened to come up there as something that you were sensitive to because it's something that you were eating because she's the type of person who does more of like a Mm paleo-esque type of diet. And so she was eating three eggs every day. And so that came up as highly sensitive. So she took those out. What would be a better thing to do if you're this type of person and you're having digestive issues is to choose a food that is high on that sensitivity list. So things like gluten, eggs, dairy, do a trial with Mm -hmm. yourself for two weeks and see if you feel better. Mm -hmm. Don't go and pay $190 to get all these foods tested and then be afraid to Mm -hmm. eat a bunch of different things. The gold standard in this field is elimination. Yeah. That is the gold standard. It's not let's just test for a bunch of different things. So what I would say to her is if you think eggs are bothering you, let's take them out. You feel better? Okay, cool. We didn't need a test to tell you that. Just listen to your body. If you know yogurt bothers you, take the yogurt out. Don't eat yogurt. You don't need these IgG tests to tell you that you're sensitive because half the time it's going to be a false positive and the other half the time it's going to be negative because you didn't eat that food because... You don't like to eat foods that bother you, right? Yeah, this test to me, it's like it's gaslighting people. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, maybe, you know, you're crazy for thinking that such and such bothers you, but here's proof that it does, or here's proof that it doesn't. But it's just a bunch of, like you said, potentially false negatives and a waste of time and money. And I was thinking when you were talking about her about, 
you know, how she had that experience, like, oh, it genuinely helped you. Like, yeah, those things can maybe help you get some more clarity. But I think the the fact that there's no evidence or science to support this, and if you go on choosingwisely.com, which is a, choosingwisely.org, excuse me, which is a resource for physicians and patients that recommends tests to avoid and that are harmful or not backed by science or evidence, one of the first ones, if you look on the allergy testing area of that specific website, it's really easy to use, you'll see that they say, do not give your patients an IgG. So if your physician's recommending that, they're probably well-intentioned. I don't think physicians are just trying to like give people unnecessary tests for no reason. They probably just don't realize that, oh, this test isn't promoting or serving the purpose that it claims to serve. Yeah, so this group of physicians has actually found that this testing is harmful to patients. So not just like, nah, we don't recommend it. It is harmful, doing harm to your patients if you're ordering this test Mm -hmm. because they're cutting out those foods and then possibly causing intolerances Mm -hmm. or possibly causing allergies, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to your pediatric patients. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, that's all we really need to know, right? Like, what are the physicians saying? Well, these physicians are saying, don't ever even order these tests for your clients. And so probably because companies like Everlywell can't get physicians to order them because it's actually doing harm, what do you do? You put out a great marketing campaign so people can order them for themselves. Yep, on a YouTube ad (laughs) while they're watching you. You know, I was thinking, I just had a thought and it just left my, my head again, but... I think that I really sympathize with people who want to buy these food sensitivity tests anyway, because if you have some kind of problem and you've been through diets and you've been through this and that and you still are experiencing some kind of discomfort, I don't blame people for just wanting answers, but this is not the way to get the answer. And I think when it comes to any kind of better health outcome, what we forget oftentimes is that it takes work and it takes change and it's hard. And maybe you weren't dealt the best hand when it comes to your digestion or maybe your weight or your bloating or your acne or whatever it might be. But this is just another quick fix gimmick and it's not going to get you to the result that you want. It might have nothing to do with food. It might have everything to do with food, but this test isn't going to show you that. What you have to do is be empowered to change your diet and have some patience and have some consistency. Like you were saying, if you suspect that you have an intolerance to dairy, we'll take dairy out of your diet for two weeks and then gradually work it back in. I wouldn't go too long with dairy like you were saying, simply because you can induce some sort of minor intolerance. If you're not using that enzyme to break down dairy, then you might Lose your it. body stops using it. Yeah, so or your producing. body stops producing it because you don't need it. Right. And then work it back in and see what happens. I would only do one food at a time. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take out eight different foods and then add eight back in. I would take out one or two at a time and add one back in and keep a very meticulous food diary because oftentimes those symptoms that you experience from a food may not show up for 48 to 72 hours afterward. So maybe if you are having some extreme bloating or gas from a food, It could have been something you ate two or three days prior, but you're blaming it on what you had for breakfast. So you have to keep a meticulous food diary and be really mindful about, oh, what did you eat? What's a pattern? And and what things are continuously showing up in your diet that you want to monitor? But like you said, start with those things that are more common. Don't just pick something willy-nilly because you think oh, my IgG test or my friend's IgG test showed this and I eat that. So this is the problem. And I do think with people with 
like IBS type symptoms, it is possible for symptoms to not show up until a day later. But I think for the majority of people, it's pretty quick after eating a food or a meal that you're going to feel bloated or blah or whatever if it is actually from that food. It's also a dose-to-dose basis too because if you're let's say sensitive to eggs or gluten or something like that and you're eating it every single day or you're eating it every single meal you may show symptoms whereas maybe if you have like a little bit Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. it's not going to really cause anything but it's hard to get in the weeds with this on your own so I would always recommend working with a professional Mm -hmm. if if you're really trying to play detective and figure out if foods are causing certain symptoms Mm -hmm. for you please reach out to a dietitian it doesn't have to be us like but reach out to, to a dietitian for help. That reminds me of a client I had who was eating, you know, extremely nutritious diet, really well balanced, and she was experiencing painful bloating. And I was like, okay, like, what's going on here? So she kept a food diary. We looked through it, and she was really eating a lot of these bowls, like healthy Buddha bowls. And all of them would have cauliflower rice and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and kale and sweet potato. So it was just a lot of cruciferous veggies and fiber, and she was having one or two of those a day. Mm-hmm. And she was wondering why she was so gassy and bloated and distended, and she was so stressed. She's like, do I need to take out dairy? Do I need to take out gluten? And I'm like, you're not even really eating a whole lot of those foods. Let's just cut back on the cruciferous veggies. Just use one or two at a time in your bowls, and that took care of the problem. Like, really? that was it. <laughs> and she didn't have to spend any money on food testing. She didn't have to stop eating the foods she liked. She just stopped eating so much cruciferous veggie and fiber in one sitting, mm-hmm. and she felt fine. Cool. Yeah. It can be as simple as that. That's it. And yeah, you know, and so I think sometimes we look for some extravagant answer and we always think like, oh my gosh, I have to stop eating this or I have to do something relatively drastic because that's what's sensationalized and that's what sells products like food testing kits. But really it's just like, oh, you're eating a lot of gaseous fermented or foods that are fermenting in your gut, causing you gas and bloating at once. Let's just ease up a little bit and work them in slowly and drink some more water. (laughs) The most common one I see is lactose intolerance. Oh, yeah. And people tend to discount it and say, like, nah, I'm not lactose intolerant because I eat pizza and I eat if I eat pizza, I'm fine. Or I can have yogurt, so I must not be lactose intolerant. Most people, it's lactose intolerance. And it's on, a again, like a dose-to-dose basis. So maybe you Mm -hmm. can't have ice cream like the liquid or Mm -hmm. maybe you can't have milk (laughs) milk and cereal but you can have yogurt because it's fermented and Mm -hmm. your body can digest that a little bit better i would say if you're having any kind of ibs ish problems diarrhea smelly gas try taking out the dairy or decreasing the dairy for two weeks and see what happens i think that would be more beneficial than taking out gluten Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. I don't think as many people have a gluten sensitivity as they think. What I suspect is it's probably more of the additives that they put in gluten products that could be causing some kind of reaction, whether it's a dye or chemical or something, not to fear-monger those things. But, you know, how many times have you heard, oh, I went over to Europe and I had all the pasta and I had all the carbs and I was flat-tummied the whole time? Guess what else? When you were in Europe, you were on vacation. You were walking everywhere. You were walking everywhere. You were probably super happy. Mm-hmm. You didn't Low have. Stress. You weren't checking your emails every five minutes, and you weren't eating fast food. You were probably right. sitting 
enjoying your meal for hours on end like it's a different food environment that you're eating it in as well mm. so which I is a huge a thing a huge thing with ibs is the stress and the lifestyle that you live if you're having a lot of gastrointestinal issues i always ask people when they tell me that i'm like well, what's your stress level and i would say nine out of ten times it's Nine out of ten. Yep. <laughs> it's high, high stress. People that are really wired, people that don't sit down and eat meals, that eat in the car, rush through things, or skip meals, blah, blah, So it's really, I think it should be a, a relief for people that it's probably not gluten, which is great news. It's probably something else, whether it's something in the food or whether it's how you're eating the food. Yeah, but. so I'm calling it here. If this is going to be like the... Um, What's the the Spark company, Advocare, that just got sued and, Mm -hmm. you know, had to take all their stuff off the market? Everly Well is going to be like that. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's crazy to me. I mean, I it just, I mean, this maybe is a little bit off topic, but when people get so blinded by money and profit that they're like, oh, we put all this money and investment dollars in this product, but the science is showing that it's wrong, we're going to get into people's heads, get into people's advertisements get in their algorithm and sell them an unethical potentially harmful product to make money and you know what else is like a common factor in those situations is that those companies or those people selling those products believe that mm-hmm. they're doing good for other people yeah. so if they believe that and they really take it in they're like okay this is really helping people it allows them to just throw all that stuff out there and keep doing what they're doing and put their blinders on There's knowing that the science isn't there there's a whole phenomenon about that, right? Where it's like people, I don't, I don't know much about this, but I remember reading it where people who have been leaders in proven unethical companies or things that are wrong, they tell themselves a story that it's good and that they're helping people so they can sleep at night. Like that's Well, of course, if you're living in your $4 million mansion and driving <laughs> your Porsche, you're going to tell yourself a story because sure. you don't want to lose all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you want to believe that you're actually helping people but man we could go down a rabbit hole with that so i'm just gonna close on that <laughs> thought <laughs> well maybe we'll save that for a f- what pisses us off episode which oh, man. just came out the day of recording this the piss us off episode so stay tuned for if you guys like those let us know but overall to sum up this episode this could have been a piss us off mm-hmm. episode could have but we do not recommend food sensitivity tests if you couldn't tell we recommend trusting your body which sounds kind of cliche but it's true which is just another added layer to the the harm that these things can do they just again tell you not to listen to your own symptoms and get gaslighted by a test with no evidence it's like oh you feel fine when you eat almonds no you don't look at I this know. test like i have almond butter on my toast every day i shouldn't be doing that I'm so bad oh, no mm-hmm. but you feel really good with your almond butter and toast <laughs> But you're allergic to toast and you're allergic to almonds. It's like, what are you going to eat? Might as well just fast for 24 hours because biohacking. Anyway, yeah, I think that's just another thing. It's like your body is really smart. It's a well-kept machine. It knows exactly what to do with the food you eat. And if you're having an intolerance or reaction, you'll have an intolerance or reaction. Test it out. Do some detective work. Save your money. Or work with a dietitian. And nine times out of ten, it's not those random foods like strawberries or cucumbers or spinach. Yeah, it's like, not so specific. It's like the top allergens are tree nuts, peanuts, sesame, uh, soy. soy, eggs, gluten, dairy. Yeah. I think that's seven. I think there's eight. I, mean, I might be missing one there. But Shellfish. 
Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the things that you would want to play around with Mm -hmm. before you went down the rabbit hole of, oh, I might be allergic to cucumbers and red bell peppers specifically. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think the people that really buy into a lot of the, oh my god, I'm intolerant to XYZ also tend to just be really high-stressed people or hypochondriac-prone or just very, very, like, meticulous and worried. And they also, you know, we were talking about earlier, those stressed out archetypes of people tend to have more gastrointestinal issues. And so when they get these tests, it almost just adds, you know, fuel to the fire. Well, and the type of person who really wants to be optimal and Mm -hmm. optimize. And so it's like, oh, here's another way that I can optimize my diet. (laughs) I actually had a professional athlete come to me with one of those tests and he had a chef and, you know, he like, you know, lots of times you would go in and you eat with the team before practice and after mm. games and all that kind of stuff. So he was like needing them to change everything for him because he was intolerant to like 13, 14 different foods. And he's like, oh, I have to make sure that they're taking all that stuff out because then I'm not going to be performing to the best of my ability. And it was really hard to get him to believe that it was bullshit. Mm. How'd you do it? I don't honestly don't know if he ever actually believed me. I don't mm. know if he just walked out the door and was like, this lady doesn't have any idea what she's talking about because it was a medical professional yeah. who had recommended he got that test. That's and so he had come to me with help of planning a diet surrounding taking those foods out, and I wasn't willing to do that. So he may have just paid somebody else to do it, but I told him that it wasn't the way to go. Dang. I mean, you did what you did. You did the ethical thing. <laughs> yeah. That's your reality, so... We're all about the science here at Nutrition Awareness. Definitely not about the money that that guy could have paid me for months on end just making him meal plans. Watching him walk out the door. (laughs) Good luck, sir. Hey, you know what, though? You never know what goes around comes around. I really think that if you do the right thing, I mean, that's what our whole thing's about. I mean, not to get all preachy about ourselves here, but there's so much BS and we sit here with people all the time who come in overwhelmed and they are teary-eyed and they're stressed out and they just don't know what to do. Like, it's hard to, I mean, you can't lie to people. You can't when they come into you with like emotions, like you can't do it. So if the science says what it says, we're going to go with that, even if it means, you know, not making making as much money. (laughs) That's all right. All right, guys, so that's it. We're not recommending food sensitivity tests. Are you ready to do a healthy or not? Oh, yeah, I didn't think of one. Yeah, well, I have one right now. Great. <laughs> let me just pull it out of my butt real quick. <laughs> okay, let me think about one today. I, I had a client ask me about this one. Um, bole. Is bole or fresh kitchen as healthy as they claim to be? And I'll tell you my answer. Okay. I think anywhere time you go out to eat, they're going to be cooking with more oils than you would at home, probably. That's why the food tastes really good, and there's usually some kind of, like, sweet glaze on the chicken or the shrimp. That being said, they still offer nutrient-dense foods, and it's a way better option than fast food or some kind of, like, regular sub shop that just has big submarine white loaves of bread and fatty meats and, and mayonnaise. So I would say, yeah, I think they're healthy. Does that mean you want to be eating a you know, a large bowl every single day with a bunch of added sauces or all the other bells and whistles that goes on it? I mean, it depends how it fits in your day, but probably not. I just think it's a better, more nutritious option um, that can fit much better in your day than other things. I'm going healthy. I think it makes people feel good to go in. You 
there's a wide variety of vegetables that you can pick whereas mm-hmm. a lot of times if you're grabbing something quick and easy you're probably not getting a whole lot of veggies or a whole lot of fiber um lots of good lean protein options yep you got to watch the sauces but i'm going healthy mm-hmm. yeah nutrient dense and you're going to get fuller faster so it's a lot harder to overeat a large bowl at Bolle or Fresh Kitchen than it is to eat a number three combo from McDonald's. Yeah, I think just you just feel good walking out of there. You mm-hmm. feel like you made a good decision. And it tastes really good. Yeah. They're potatoes. You know I'm a huge fan of potatoes. Kate loves potatoes. I actually brought up potatoes on a first date the other day. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, well, the first date, there's no second date. <laughs> but we had similar viewpoints on potatoes, so there's that. It's okay. team potato. Unfortunately, you will not be having potatoes together in your future. That's all right. There's another potato lover out there for me, I'm sure. Lots of potatoes in the sea. We're going to wrap this up. We're getting flat happy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hope you enjoyed this episode of the nutrition awareness podcast and if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world screenshot this episode and tag us on instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you to get notified about the next episode of nutrition awareness be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.